All right, well, good morning, everybody. If you're new uh, here, my name is Dave Nelson and uh, pastor uh, at K2. And I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. And um, as Mike shared, we're diving into this series, Discover You. And last week we talked about discovering the natural you. And um, so Friday night, I went camping with my family. How many of you love to go camping? Right? I mean, that's why we live here in Utah. It's absolutely beautiful. I remember years ago uh, when I first moved here, I went up into one of the Cottonwood Canyons by myself and camped. And it, it so surprised me because as I drove through the campground, every license plate was from a different state. And that's when I realized I live in a very cool place. Everybody's coming here. So we were up in uh, Big Cottonwood Canyon on Friday night. Got up really early. I'm sitting there in my camping chair. And um, just starting to have my morning time connected with God. My son Caleb was sitting next to me in the other seat. And all of a sudden, it just hit me. It's like, this is so ridiculously beautiful. <laughs> like the gift of God's creation to us. Isn't it not marvelous? I mean, I'm sitting there, the sun's starting to rise, so the coolness is turning into warmth. The trees, the majestic trees, the mountains, the blue sky, right by a stream, right? It's, it's rushing by. And then I look over at my son, Caleb, and all of a sudden I had this overwhelming feeling of like, like this whole moment was just this gift from God to me. And, I, and, and then I felt like it was handmade, like this was a special, unique, handmade gift for Dave Nelson. Now, now, two years ago, my oldest daughter started a new tradition for us in our family at Christmas time. And that is that amidst all the other gifts, we draw names, and whoever's name you draw, you have to make them a handmade gift for Christmas. And so these last two years, it's kind of been the really cool part of the day to find out what did you think of, what did you design specifically because you knew that person. And you know what hit me as I was sitting out there? And I don't, I don't know why it struck me so unique. This is handmade. This is handmade for me. Now, all of creation is handmade by God for all of us. The beauty of this creation and the senses that he gave us, your eyes and ears and taste buds, this touch that you have, the smell, all of that is simply so that his creation to all of us would be such a huge blessing. But then I look over at my son, and I'm like, he, apparently from last week, designed Caleb exactly how he wanted him to be, and then he gave him to me, and I get to be his dad. It was a sweet, sweet moment. So today, last week, we talked about that you and I, if we're going to discover you, if you're going to discover who you are, the first thing you need to realize is that you are, that you need to discover the natural you. That you are God's idea, designed exactly how he wants you to be. And the only reason you're here is because he thought of you and he created you. Your existence today should simply be enough for us when we get to our worship at the end of the day. It should be enough for us just to praise God for the fact that he even created our very existence. And then we realize that he actually made us for him. That's why we're here, that our hearts are restless until we discover that my purpose on this earth is not for me, it's for him. So today, what we're going to talk about is we're going to go from the natural you, and we're going to go to the spiritual you. And here's what we've been doing. We just did a whole series on the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that we learned in this is that Jesus, what did Jesus teach us about this Holy Spirit in the book of John? And one of the things he said is, as soon as you put your faith in Christ, 
as soon as you receive Christ, he says, you actually are born of my spirit. That you actually become a new creation. So there is a spiritual you. In fact, as we said in that series, we need to understand that anything short of receiving the spirit of God and becoming a new creation, anything else that's not that is not Christianity. So you can go to church, you can do a lot of religious activity, but the only thing that actually defines true Christianity is once you've received his spirit, and now your spirit and Jesus are absolutely intertwined. So what that means is, and this is what we're gonna look at today, that there is a natural you and every person on this planet has a natural design from God, but as soon as you're a Christian, there is a spiritual reality. There is a spiritual you, and we need to discover what that person is, and God wants to reveal that to us today. And so I just wanna say again, so if you're here this morning and you're visiting, Uh, We know that every week uh, here at K2 The Church, we have tons of people who are showing up, who are investigating what Christianity is. This message today will be a great opportunity for you to hear what happens. (laughs) Like, if I actually become a Christian, what would happen to me, okay? What, What is the reality of a spiritual life with Jesus Christ? And so, because the truth is, today's message is, for many of you in this room, you're new to the Christian faith. It's It's a new journey. And so this might be a new teaching for you to understand the depth of what it means to be a spiritual new creation in Jesus. So for some of you, it's new. And then, for lots of you in this room, you maybe already heard this. And you might already know what the spiritual gifting thing is. But my, I've been praying all week, man. I pray that God would take us to a deeper understanding of the reality of what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, that you'll discover who you are spiritually, all right? So before I dive in, let's pray, and let's ask God to do what only he can do. Father, thank you for your word to us. Thank you for your revelation of what is true of life. I thank you, God, for every person in this room, every idea of yours. I just ask, God, that you would pour grace on us today, as your word says, that we actually need power to grasp this love that you have for us. We need to have the eyes of our heart enlightened so that we can even see and understand who you are and who we really are. God, that's my prayer. Would you just anoint this time so that we can tell, like, I I, I really do understand now who I am in Christ. And I ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And again, if you have K2's app, you can just pull that up right now in every scripture and every note, everything that that, that I have here, uh, you can have as well and you can follow along there. So the first thing that we're going to understand, if you're going to discover you, then the first thing you need to understand is that you are spiritually gifted, okay? Okay? Number one, and I, by the way, there's going to be a lot of teaching today. There's, there's, there's so much information 
that I want to try to download on you guys. And so if you're a note taker, man, grab your pen and get these things down. It'll be helpful for you. It'll be helpful for your Life Together group or anybody else that you might want to share this information with. But you need to understand, if you're a Christian, if it's really happened in your life, you are spiritually gifted. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, Paul says this. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. I want you to understand this, he's saying. Now, now here's, what we need to, here's what we need to understand, right? Paul's writing to this church in Corinth. Church is brand new. <laughs> they haven't had 2,000 years of existence. So what happened, the church literally started after Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and then Pentecost, which is when he gave the people who believed in him the gift of the Holy Spirit. So when the gift of the Holy Spirit came, it rose up within him and it united groups of people. The church were simply people who had got filled with the Spirit of God and they were centered on Jesus. And, and, and every group gathers because they're centered on something. This group was centered around Christ because they had received the Holy Spirit. That's what the church is. It's a group of people that the Spirit has brought together. But when he, when he united them, what happened was, all of a sudden, people realized, they got together, and they realized, I matter. There was something going inside where they go, I have this inner unction, there's something that was rising up within them that I want to participate. I've got actually something to contribute. I've got something to bring to the table. See, now this is what's true about anybody who's a Christian, because two weeks ago, Mike Rutledge taught us that Jesus said, if you receive me, then you will, have this, you will have rivers of living water flowing from within you, which is the Holy Spirit. So that's what was going on. They received the Spirit of God, and there were these rivers flowing out of life-giving stuff. And so the church was filled with all these people, and people were excited about Christ. They had things to offer, but they was brand new, and they didn't know what to do. And so Paul says, okay, let me help you understand what's going on in you. Let me help you understand what this thing is, these spiritual gifts, all right? So here we go, verse four. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God who's at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So what is a spiritual gift? In this section, Paul uses three different words. He calls them gifts, service, and works. There's a working. So this is what happens to anybody who's spiritually connected. When the Spirit of God gets inside your spirit, there, there are gifts and service and working. Something starts stirring inside of you that wants to get outside of you. Now, there's two really important things that we need to understand from this verse, verse 7 right there. The first one is this. Now, to each one. To each one. So here's a question. Who has a spiritual gift? Who has it? All of you. Any person. If you, if you say, I've received Christ, then to you, to every one of you in this room, you are spiritually gifted. It's to everyone. So if you're going to discover you, 
You've got to discover this reality that, oh my gosh, I have a gift. Now, secondly, it says, what are the gifts? They are a manifestation of the Spirit. So every one of you Christians in this room, if any of you who aren't followers of Christ, if you decide to come, become a follower of Christ, what the Bible teaches us is you, there will, you will have a manifestation of the Spirit. What's that mean? Well, manifestation means a revealing. What manifestation is, you embody something. You manifest something. It literally means an incarnation of someone. And so what he's saying is, you now have the Spirit of God inside of you, and he's going to manifest himself. You are the body, but the Spirit's inside of you, and he's going to show himself through you. Isn't that cool? And every one of you has this manifestation of the Spirit. Now, when the streams of living water flow, what salvation is, right, what God sets us free from is sin. What he sets us free from is our self. And instead, so he gets rid of the sinful heart, he puts in his Spirit, and his Spirit is a Spirit of love. And it's a Spirit of service. See, so if you love, it's not about you anymore. So now you live for others. That's the stream that's inside every Christian. So if you're a follower of Christ, you're manifesting this service. Because Jesus said what? He goes, I didn't come to be served, I came to, I came, to. that's why, and I love the fact that the nature of our God is to give himself away. So here's the first thing you want to understand. If you are a follower of Christ, you are spiritually gifted. There's a certain manifestation of God's spirit of serving that should be showing through your life. That's what a spiritual gift is. Now, really quickly, can I share a few things that they aren't, okay? A spiritual gift is not a natural talent, okay? That's what we worked last week. We talked about God has given all of us in this room natural abilities, and it was so funny. So I took both these personality tests that Mike was talking about. Again, personally, I've taken them. Uh, and again, they're on our app. So if you want to take these, I think they'll be really, really helpful for you. But what I realized is there's a couple things that are really important about natural abilities versus spiritual gifts. Okay? First one is this. I do know that God uses who I am naturally for him. You guys know that? So, so it, it's not like point blank. It's not like, oh my gosh, I'm naturally good at this. I can't use this for God. <laughs> it's not what it's about. He uses who he's made me. But one of the really interesting things for me is when I took the Myers-Briggs personality test and I took the Strengths Finders, those are all things that are true about me. And I think God uses those things here at K2 because that's where I'm at. But I want to tell you, there's a spiritual gift that is not natural. And uh, so years ago, I was in my late 20s, and I was back at Kensington, our church, in Detroit. So I'm trying to discover who I am. That's a very important age, right? So I go to our lead pastor, Steve Andrews, and I walked into his office, and I said, Steve, when you think of Dave Nelson, who do you say that I am? What's the, what do you, who am I? And the first thing out of his mouth was, you're a prophet. And I'm like, a prophet? That is the last thing I expected to hear out of his mouth. So I go, I'm not wearing a long robe. I don't have a big beard, right? 
I'm not telling people about the future. And he goes, no. He said, Dave, he goes, when you speak, he goes, you receive things from God that the rest of the body is supposed to hear and you share what he wants them to say, what he wants them to hear. And so, can I just ask you guys, somebody told me this again just this week, and they said, man, when you speak, I feel like you're talking right to me. How many of you would say that's ever happened to you in here? See, now, see, now that's, no, but here's, no, here's what's crazy. My answer always is, yes, he is. <laughs> but I can tell you this, that wasn't in my strengths finder. That wasn't in my Myers-Briggs. I, I, I didn't ask for that. When I gave my life to God, and followed him, it got revealed because I was just engaged in the church, serving and loving, that people said, you need to speak. I never wanted to speak, I never tried to speak, I didn't go to school to speak, but I found a gift, and it's different, okay? So he uses both your natural and your spiritual thing. Okay, let's keep going. Here's another thing, is they are not the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? Now, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians, it says he describes the character that should flow from anyone's life. It's the character of God. Here's the fruit of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self control. And I forgot one faith. Gentleness, yeah, that one. Susie tries to help me say, the one you don't say is the one you need to work on. Right? <laughs> All right, but wait, wait, you guys, now how, how many of you want that fruit, right? I mean, that's beautiful stuff. It's beautiful stuff. Here's what we need to understand. Every one of us who's a Christian should have all of those things in our life. The Holy Spirit never goes, you, I want you to be gentle, but you don't have to be kind. Right? He goes, you, I'm going to give joy, but sorry, no peace. No, that's not how God works. The fruit of the Spirit, if you're growing in Christ's likeness, you should be growing in all of the fruit. The gifts of the Spirit, very clearly from Scripture, nobody has all of them. Nobody. So you need to understand, there's a very big difference between the spiritual gifts and spiritual fruit. All right, so number one. What you need to know if you're going to discover your spiritual you, if you've received Christ, you are spiritually gifted. Number two, you are spiritually unique. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone. It is the same God who's at work. So he goes on in verse 11. He, he, he lists some spiritual gifts, which I'm gonna do here in just a second. And then he says, all of these, work, these gifts are the work of the one and same spirit. And he distributes them as to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, all its parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized, and if you're a Christian, you are baptized by one spirit to form one body, 
whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. But even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So here's what he's trying to help us understand. Different gifts, same spirit. Different service, same Lord. Different works, same God who's at work. There is a diversity that's unified. And every single one of you is a part of the body of Christ and you're unique. Just as we looked around this room, you can look around again today. Everybody in here physically completely different designed by God. Different personalities, very unique. The same thing is true, you guys. You are magnificently put together spiritually. And there's a reason you are the way that you are. Now, there's a variety of gifts, okay? You can find them here. In Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, Romans 12, and 1 Peter 4, where there's just a couple of them. So, again, what he says is, there's gonna be a manifestation of the Spirit. So what he's doing is, basically what he's saying is, God's abilities, because the Spirit, right, is the Spirit of Christ, So Christ has certain abilities, and then he gives you his spirit, and he distributes these these abilities to all of us differently. So there's lots of different ways that you can kind of categorize and figure out what these verses are. Let me just say real quick, this was one first service, I can't go through all the, I tried to go through (laughs) this stuff a little bit too much. We are offering a class, because we can't do it all in 35 minutes on a Sunday morning, we're gonna offer a class called Your Divine Design. Now here's what I know. I have talked to so many of you and you simply say, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what my role is. I don't know what my part is in the church. So starting on the 23rd of August, we're gonna have a class. We're gonna offer it on Sunday mornings during the 1130 service so you can actually come to church and go to this class, okay? So it's in your program. You can sign the card right there. You can see where you can check for that. Put it in the offering bag when it goes by. Sign up anyway. We'd love for you to take the class. But let me just really try to do this quickly. Um, I'm not gonna hit all the gifts. But I, I was listening to Tim Keller, who's my favorite guy to listen to. And he divided all the gifts into three things that are, that are di- abilities of Christ. And the three are this, prophetic, priestly, and kingly. And he said, almost all the gifts that you receive will fall under one of these demonstrations, these manifestations of Jesus, okay? Let's look at this real quick. Prophetic, okay? Now what does prophetic mean? Prophetic simply means representing God to the people. Some people have gifts, and they help us understand who God is. That's what a prophet is. A prophet is simply someone who receives something from God and they give it to you. So obviously that's one of the gifts, but let me list a few others. They're right there on the screen. (laughs) Evangelism, right? Evangelism is someone who simply has the gift of being able to help somebody who doesn't understand Christianity yet and reveal it very clearly to them. Teaching, obviously, is one of those gifts. Knowledge and discernment. Some of you, God has given this ability, you read the scriptures, and it just makes sense. And some of you read it, and you're like, man, I need someone to help me understand this. Well, you have people in this room right here who have gifts of knowledge and discernment. So that's the first section. Secondly, the priestly gift. 
And this is, instead of bringing God to the people, the priests bring the people to God. And so some of you have this type of gift. And this is the gift where you come alongside someone. Some of you have gifts in this room where you are the ones who come alongside people. And let's just look at this list. You encourage, you're an encourager, which is what that word means. It means you bring someone to your side. You just, you think of people, you text people, you send them an email, you give them gifts. You know how to encourage people. Shepherding. And by the way, when you read the Bible, this is the funniest thing to me. When it goes through these lists, it will say pastor. And it's so funny to me because the actual word for pastor in the Greek is the word shepherd. So I've never understood why do they use the word pastor? It's a shepherd. And a shepherd, again, is somebody who knows how to lead sheep by calm waters and green pastures to provide, to protect, to watch over. Some of you are beautiful people because you care for the hearts and souls of others. You're a shepherd and you have that gift. I gotta go faster. Mercy, helps, serving, giving, healing, all of those things. And you can go through this, take the class, dive into them more, discover what they are. But some of you in this room, we need you so bad because there's so many hurting people in this world and the church is filled, God, the Spirit has gifted many of you in these ways to help encourage people and bring them closer to God. So you have the prophet, you have the priest, and then you have the king. Now what's interesting about this one is these gifts, the first two, seem to be gifts that we can do individually with each other, but the kingly gifts are gifts that are more about the organization. They're, they're, they're understanding the direction and the group needs. So on this one, you've got the gift of leadership, right? And by the, this word, it's, it's, it's receiving vision. It's casting vision. It's where are we going, right? Not just about my life. What, what's the larger part of the body doing? Faith, being willing to step out and to believe God for stuff and to move. Wisdom, which is problem solving. The apostle, it seems, the apostle seems to be a, a founder's gift. So any, any entrepreneurs in here? Any entrepreneurs? Okay? This, is, this, is, this is a spiritual entrepreneurship. Some of you sitting in this room right now, God is giving you ideas for the church. And you're the starter. You're the one who's going to get it going. It's in a gift of, of an apostleship. And then the last one is, thank God, the gift of administration, right? Because he gifted without the gift of administration, what happens? Nothing. You get lots of great ideas that never get executed. Thank God for the people who can see the vision and organize it around the task and actually get it done. So anyway, those are some of the gifts that are, and they're not all of them, but this is an idea of how diverse God, through his Holy Spirit, is saying every one of you in this room is important to get my stuff done. Now, really quickly, let me tell you three important things about your uniqueness, okay? Number one, gifts are expressed in different ways. Gifts are expressed in different ways. There's a teaching gift. But some people are really good at teaching one-on-one. Some people are good at teaching in a small group, like our Life Togethers groups. Some people are good at teaching hundreds. There's the gift of evangelism. Some people, like my wife, my wife, Susie, people who don't believe in Jesus love my wife. She's a seed planter. 
She is someone who people trust, and she can just, she, and that's a gift of hers. Now, some people have the gift of actually reaping, not planting, but reaping. Bill Bright was one of these. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that name. Bill Bright started this organization called Campus Crusade for Christ. This guy was a freak of, I was going to say freak of nature, but it's actually a freak of spiritual nature. I'm sorry, this is no lie. Bill Bright, I, I went to a conference, I heard him speak. And we had been at this spiritual gathering for weeks. He showed up one day, stopped in a convenience store, bought a candy bar or something, and led the guy to Christ across the counter, right? Some people just have that gift. And some people are like Billy Graham. See, here's the point. You can have a gift, but it's expressed uniquely. And yours, the way you do it is important. Some of you, your gift is with kids, young children. Some of you, your gift is with youth. Some of you, your gift is with men. Some of you, your gift is with women. Some of it, you, it's for couples. There's, there's so much diversity in the way that you can express your gift. Number two, you have to avoid comparison. We're all different, and you've got to avoid comparison. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, distributes them as he determines. So just like I didn't decide what body God wanted to give me or personality he wanted to give me, I don't get to decide what spiritual gift I get. I'm telling you this right now, man, I did not want to be a pastor. I did not go, could I have that gift? Does anybody else want that? See, no, you're smart, you know? See, but, but here's what happens is you just give your life to Christ and then he goes, here's your gift. So now because we don't get to determine what they are, because God does, you cannot envy what somebody else has. It wasn't up to them in the first place. I love how Paul says this. He goes, if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. You are spiritually gifted and you are spiritually unique. Don't envy what somebody else has and on the flip side, don't be proud with what you've got. Here's one thing, you can't just because God has gifted you and given you a passion for something in the body, you can't make that something that everybody else should do. And sometimes you'll see that. It's like, well, you should care about this, or you should, no, wait. We're all different. We're all unique, and we know you to all be using our gift. Last one really quick that you need to understand about this is avoid gift cop-out. And what I mean by this is sometimes people will say, well, I'm not gonna do that because that's not my gift. And what's so interesting is, so let's take evangelism for, that's a spiritual gift, but how many of you who are Christians are supposed to be sharing your faith with the people in your neighborhood and your friends and family? How many of you? Every single one of you. So you can't go, well, I don't have a spiritual gift of evangelism, so I'm not going to tell anybody about Jesus. So same thing with mercy, right? I'm sorry, man. I'm a little more analytical, and I'm a thinker. I don't, I don't have any mercy. I don't have to give anybody mercy. You know, let, let, let the women take care of that, right? I mean, it's just like, no. Every one of us should be merciful. So you can't do gift cop-out, all right? You are spiritually gifted. You are spiritually 
unique. Here's the last one. You are spiritually interconnected. And this is so important, you guys. Why? Why did he gift you? Why are you unique? Why can you bring something to this church that nobody else can? And it's because you're interconnected. Romans 12 says this, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and listen to this, each member belongs to all the others. Guys, this is so important to understand. This is your reality. You are interconnected. I hear people say, right, you'll hear people say this all the time. Well, pr- faith is a private matter. How many of you have heard people say that? Faith, faith is a private thing. Yes, it is. You, you have your own walk with Jesus, for sure. Yes, and no. No. It's not private because we're a body. That means what I do and what I don't do affects every single one of you in this room. And what you do and what you don't do affects everyone in this room. Do you guys guys understand this? This is absolutely critical to understand how important you are. And so um, to kind of give a picture of this, I I think, I, I don't know if I saw it on Facebook or whatever, but it's this video called The Human LCD, all right? So watch this. This is absolutely fascinating. I think it illustrates really well what we're talking about. amazing that is so phenomenal I mean I've been to college football games right and seen people I've never seen anything like that to be able to produce that unbelievable organized image what had to happen everybody had to have the right stuff right I got to either be yellow black red or a combination right god that's killing combination of the two so I've got to have that but here's the other thing you know there's somebody who put that all together and everybody had to be in complete sync. If one person doesn't do what they're supposed to do, we don't get that picture. It's blurry. And I want to tell you, man, right now, you guys, God wants to reveal his glory to this world in a way that's supernatural, in a way that he says, I will do more than you could ever ask or imagine according to my power at work within you, plural. Not you individually. This, I mean, okay, let me just read the scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given, why? For the common good. You are spiritually gifted, you are unique, and it's not for you. It's for us. It's for Jesus to show himself. There is a bigger 
picture that God is doing and he can only do it through us. So what you do matters. And what you don't do matters because we're a body. So 1 Peter 4.10, Peter says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So grace is the word for gift. He's gifted you. Very different, various forms. Be faithful to use what he's given you as a steward and serve others. So, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. Christ himself gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the shepherds and teachers to equip his people for works of service. Listen, why? So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You guys, the depth of this passage is saying this. You can't experience the whole measure of the fullness of Christ alone. It is a body experience. And this is why it can be so frustrating because on one hand, you can be going, man, I'm giving it all I've got and I'm totally surrendering to Jesus and I'm doing what he wants me to do. And yet, if the other part of the body is going over here and going, I ain't gonna do it. You can't function. <laughs> you can't be everything that the world wants to see through Jesus Christ. I, fear, I didn't put this verse up here, but the, in Ephesians 4, 16, it says, from him, from Jesus, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So now can I just, so I just want to help you think about this. Why in the world would you want to serve? So, so do you guys know there's benefits to serving? One of the benefits is self-knowledge. When you start to serve, you go, oh my gosh, you discover who you are. Wow, he gave this to me. You become, and then the second reason is you become more fulfilled as a person because you're being who God designed you to be and you're helping something fantastic happen that's way better than yourself. That's fulfilling. The other thing, the benefit of serving is you get to connect with other people. When you're a consumer, it's all about you, but as soon as you serve, you know what happens? You connect with other people and you get community, which is what you're created for. But here's what's interesting. If you serve, so there's great benefits to serving, but if you serve to get the benefits, then it's not serving, and you don't get the benefits. <laughs> Do you guys follow this? <laughs> See, because if you serve to get benefits, then who are you actually serving? Now you're back to yourself, and it's like, gum, it's not working. But as soon as you don't serve for yourself, but for something greater, then the benefits just come. So why in the world would you want to serve? Can I just give you three reasons? Number one, because Jesus served you, man, with his life. He laid down his life for you. And because he served me, I'm gonna serve him. Secondly, do you love him? Do you love Jesus? Anybody here love Jesus? See, now here's what's interesting. If you say you love him, because I've heard people say this, man, I'm, I'm good with Jesus, I just can't stand the church. 
That's impossible. Why? Because what's the church? The body of Christ. So when you say, forget the church, you're actually saying, forget you, Jesus. And you're going, no, 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 I'm not. I'm saying forget you because you're messed up. Well, of course I'm messed up. Are you messed up? Okay. But here's what's amazing. When Paul was persecuting and killing the Christians, Jesus met him face to face, right? And he didn't say, hey, why are you persecuting those who believe in me? He didn't say, why are you killing my followers? What did he say? Why are you persecuting me? So here's what we understand. Why would you serve here? Because if you say you love Jesus, then the way he says you obey his, he says if you love me, you obey my commands, and here's my commands, love each other. Love each other. Serve each other. This is how you flesh out the commands of Jesus. And then thirdly, why do you do it? Well, because if you're a Christian, the spirit of God, who's a spirit of service, is now united with your spirit. You can't help but do it. Because he's inside you, and that's what he does. Streams of living water will flow from within you. So, let me close with this. You guys, and here's why I'm so excited. Can you just imagine with me for a second? Imagine if every one of us in this room that says, I'm a follower of Jesus, discovered what your gift was, put it into action, and every cell of this body was fully functioning. Can you dream with me what would happen? It would be so ridiculously beautiful, and every one of you in this room is specifically gifted uniquely for the purpose of God in this time and in this place. So, if you know that now, then my, my question is this. The word of God is living and active. The Bible says, in fact, when I read the Bible in the morning, I always say, God, okay, teach me something. Rebuke me if I'm, not, <laughs> if I'm being obstinate against you. Correct me if I'm not thinking rightly. And train me up. The Bible says that's what his word does. So my question for you guys, and this is not, now this is just to you guys who are Christians here this morning. If, if you're not serving the common good or the body of Christ with the gift that he's given you, what do you believe today? What, what do you believe today that's convincing you that you don't need to? What are you, what are you believing today that's saying, I don't need to give my gift to the church? It can't be more clear. You are gifted by God uniquely for us, for the better bottomment here. Now, for some of you, I think it's this. Some of you have thought you don't matter. Some of you don't think you have anything to bring to the table. And that's a life in the pit of hell. You matter, and we can't experience the fullness of God until you know the love of God and live with everything you've got for him. You are incredibly valuable. When I, took, when I led the crash course in the spring, I never knew this. I asked the whole group, why, why, why do you struggle to contribute? And almost every person in that room said it was fear. And so maybe some of you today are going, the reason I haven't jumped in is because I'm scared. Maybe you're afraid of failure. Maybe you're afraid of rejection. Maybe you're afraid, if I jumped in, I'd mess everything up, 
right? And here's the deal. The Bible says we have not been given a spirit of fear, but one of power, which means you act, and love, which means you're not about yourself. That's the spirit inside of us. So, man, perfect love drives out fear. If you're afraid, that's a work, again, of the enemy to keep you from being everything God designed you to be. For some of you, and I've had so many people tell me this, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what my place is. Man, I'm telling you again, sign up for Discover Your Divine Design. Figure out what it is. And then next week, Mike Rutledge is going to talk to us about that. How do you actually discover your gift? Whole message just on that next week. And then the last one, a band you guys can find up. Here's the last one, though. For some of you, I just want to say, what do you believe is more important than taking the gift that the Spirit of God, when he saved you, placed inside of you for Christ, the one who died for you, are you too busy? Is, last week we learned, I'm created for him. And then I'm saved and rescued so I would live for him. And some of us, if we, if we can be really honest in here, we have to do this this morning. Some of us are going, I just really think that everything else out there is more important. And I, you got to wrestle that one down. I'm not saying everything else out there isn't important. But I'm telling you, if it stops you from using your gift for the church, then somehow we've been duped. And somehow the body of Christ is not attaining the whole measure of the fullness of him. Somehow, K2, we are not shining the light to this world that needs him so bad because we can't do it by ourselves. We can only do it together. And so I want to encourage you, exhort you, challenge you from the word of God. You are spiritually gifted. And it is unique. You have something that you can do that nobody else in this room can do. There are people that God wants to touch that only you can touch. We belong to each other. We belong to each other. Let's do it. Every one of you is a part, and we can reach it as each part does its work. So man, some great worship right now. And I'm begging you, don't just sing these songs. I'm begging you, sing these with the depth of faith and heart. Cry out to God in worship right now as we sing about the Holy Spirit. Lead me, because everything changes once you get inside me. And God, I'm yours. I'm yours. Do with me what you created me to do. We're going to take our offering right now while we do this because the offering is the same thing, you guys. God gives us a spiritual gift and then we return to him what he's given us. Same thing's true with, with finances. He gives us stuff and we just return to him what is his. And then he uses it to bless the world. So let's stand together. Let's stand together and let's worship him. Let's remember why serve Jesus. Because this Jesus serves you, man. Because he loves you and he gives his life to you. All right, let's do it together.